the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. President Joe Biden warns Russia to avoid using nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Uh, And crossing the nuclear threshold would be so profound. uh, And the benefit of that would not be. D.C.'s mayor says we're not Texas in response to migrants being sent to her city. We don't have the ability. We're not Texas. U.S. stock markets fell to two-month lows as the Fed looks to increase interest rates this week for a third time. If you do anything bigger, you're going to get people all worried about recession. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, September 19th. I'm Mike Scott. On Sunday, a top U.S. general warned that it was unclear how Russia would react to setbacks Moscow was seeing on the battlefield in Ukraine. This came as reports from British intelligence suggested that Russia's forces increased strikes on civilian infrastructure. President Biden warned Russian President Vladimir Putin against using nuclear weapons in Ukraine in an interview while declining to say what the consequences would be from the United States if he were to do so. As Ukraine succeeds on the battlefield, Vladimir Putin is becoming embarrassed and pushed into a corner. And I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons. Don't. 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 It will change the face of war, unlike anything since World War II. And the consequences of that would be what? What would the U.S. response be? You think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it would be? Of course I'm not going to tell you. It'll be consequential. They'll become more of a pariah in the world than they ever have been. And depending on the extent of what they do, will determine what response would occur. Yuri Sok is an advisor to the Defense Ministry for Ukraine, and joined Fox News. He reacted to statements made by President Biden. We as Ukrainians, we have been living with the threat of uh, the use of tactical nuclear weapons or chemical weapons uh, pretty much throughout this war. Um, Consider that the Russian propaganda machine is openly, very often calling on the Kremlin to use these types of weapons. So while this risk is, of course, very real, we still hope that regardless of how deranged the Russian army and Russian leadership behaves, they still understand the consequences will be very severe for them. And quite frankly, you know, they have seen what a response uh, is already um, has been uh, done by the international community with respect to the conventional war aggression. So the response of the international community to Russia's possible use of tactical nuclear weapons or chemical weapons will be even more severe and 
frankly, uh, this will be the end of Russia as we know it. Sock goes on to say that as they liberate towns from Russian control, they have uncovered more evidence of war crimes. Indeed, the Ukrainian armed forces have been spectacularly successful during the last 10 days from the beginning of September. We've liberated more than 8,500 square kilometers of land. We've deoccupied Ukrainian cities and villages, Izum, Kumpyansk, Balaklia. Um, and, of course, uh, the troubling uh, thing and something which is very tragic is that what we are discovering on those territories is uh, more traces of atrocities and war crimes. Uh, we are determined to continue our counteroffensive, uh, and of course, this counteroffensive was made possible uh, in particular thanks to the military support that we received from our partners, and in particular from the United States of America. So I would like to take this opportunity to thank the American people and the American government for standing with Ukraine in these difficult times and providing Ukraine with the uh, military support, the bipartisan support. General David Petraeus joins CNN to discuss the Ukrainian counteroffensive and says that it is a turning point in the war. You know, I'm normally fairly guarded and uh, cautious mm -hmm. about this, but the tide clearly has turned because the success of this offensive, as important as it is itself on the ground, what really is important is that it reflects a hugely important development, a new reality that Ukraine has been incomparably better than Russia in recruiting, training, equipping, organizing, and employing additional forces, while Russia has been struggling to do just that, literally running out of soldiers, ammunition, tanks, fighting vehicles, and so forth. Uh, the Ukraine supported superbly by the U.S. and NATO. Petraeus goes on to say that he is predicting, in his opinion, Ukraine may be able to retake Crimea. Russia, even if it declared mobilization today, could not mm. reverse this fundamental reality. So the implications are stark. They're very, very clear. Ukraine will, over time, and yes, tough fighting, more casualties, more punishing okay. Russian strikes on civilian infrastructure. But it, Ukraine will, over time, I think, retake the territory that Russia has seized since 24 February. And it's even yeah. conceivable now that they could retake Crimea and the Donbass. And oh, by the wow. way... Along with what's going on in the front lines, there is insurgent activity now picking up in the Russian rear areas carried out by Ukrainians uh, there as well. So, again, this is going to take time. There will be tough fighting, all of that. But this is a disastrous situation for Russia now. And I'm not sure that it, everyone recognizes just mm -hmm. how does it is worse than Afghanistan. The retired general also says the cost of Russia using nuclear weapons far outweighs the benefit. Russia is in, again, a truly disastrous situation at this point in time, uh, and crossing the nuclear threshold would be so profound, uh, and the benefit of that quote benefit would not be uh, as profound. Uh, so I think, again, he's in a very difficult position. What he's going to do now is try to change the narrative and blame others and all the rest of yeah. this and find some way to explain why the special operation has failed. This also comes as President Biden said that U.S. forces would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion, which the White House promptly walked back. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. 
So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Yes. Tony Katz, host of the Tony Katz Show, joined News Nation and said that it's his opinion that Biden is making the U.S. look weak by taking a hard stance against China only for the White House to contradict him. He did the same thing back in, in May, saying that we would defend ta- Taiwan. The problem is that when the White House has to come out and correct him, the White House has to immediately put out a statement. First of all, it's a taped 60 minutes interview. They didn't know this was being said. Secondly, they're going behind the back of the president to correct him because somehow they know better. It would lead a lot of people to ask the question, who's really in charge here? And most importantly, it looks like an unbelievable blunder to the world. The policy of the United States regarding the China policy regarding Taiwan specifically is the idea of strategic ambiguity. This is not ambiguous. This is stating something. This is putting things on a war footing. The president has done this twice. Let's not say that he has done something strong and powerful here. I believe that Taiwan should be able to decide its own course and should be able to engage its independence. I also believe that China is salivating at taking Taiwan and bringing it back into the fold because they saw exactly what kind of country Joe Biden leads vis-a-vis the evacuation of Afghanistan. This is bad stuff, especially when the White House has to correct him. For the first time in three years, the U.N. General Assembly gets underway in person in New York this week. Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker is there and has more on the Gathering of Nations. No more pre-recorded addresses or hybrid meetings because of the pandemic. Instead, the UNGA will include speeches from most of the world's leaders, including President Biden. U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Linda Thomas-Greenfield says the administration has three priorities, global food insecurity, the U.N. Charter, and global health. This COVID-19 reminded us global health threats do not respect borders. We must tackle COVID-19, monkeypox, and other outbreaks. Speeches begin Tuesday. Biden, who is traveling to the Queen's funeral, speaks Wednesday. Julie Walker, New York. On Friday, Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser stated that the Capitol does not have the infrastructure to deal with the influx of illegal immigrants being sent by red state governors fed up with an unsecured border. We're not a border town. We don't have an infrastructure uh, to handle type of and a level of immigration to our city. But we will we'll create a new normal here in our infrastructure and have a, a humane welcome for people and an efficient um, you know, service provision. But we, we don't have the ability. We're not Texas. Bowser made these statements only days after another two buses sent by Texas Governor Greg Abbott were sent to Vice President Harris's residence, the Naval Observatory. According to multiple reports, more than two million illegal immigrants have crossed the border into the U.S. since President Biden took office. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says his state's border towns have been flooded with illegal immigrants and sending them to cities that have designated themselves as sanctuary cities may bring light to the dire situation border towns find themselves in. The Texas governor's office reports more than 7,000 
700 illegal immigrants have been dropped off in Washington and more than 2,100 in New York since April. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and fellow Republican Greg Abbott of Texas for their practice of sending migrants to other states that are Democratic strongholds. These are the kinds of tactics we see from smugglers in places like Mexico and Guatemala. And for what? A photo op? Because these governors care about creating political theater than creating actual solutions to help. However, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis responds to reports that President Biden will convene his cabinet to address the border issue. I also uh, was a little bit um, perplexed when I heard that the president is scrambling to get his cabinet together uh, to try to address the fact that you have governors who are helping to relocate illegal aliens to sanctuary cities. Now, he, he didn't scramble to get his cabinet together when we had millions of people illegally pouring across the southern border. DeSantis says that Biden has been ignoring the border issue until red state governors started sending illegal immigrants to Democrat-led cities. He didn't scramble to get his cabinet together when you had 43, 53 migrants die in some trailer in Texas because they were neglected by the federal government. You didn't see him scramble to get his cabinet together when we had Americans that were victimized by criminal aliens that he led across the border. You didn't see him scramble to get his cabinet together when we hit record fentanyl deaths, which that fentanyl is coming across his open border. It's only when you have 50 illegal aliens end up in a very wealthy, rich sanctuary enclave that he decides to scramble on this. The Florida governor went on to explain that he will continue to send migrants to Democrat-led cities. I think what we're continuing to do is use every tool at our disposal uh, to insulate the state of Florida uh, from the negative ramifications of his reckless border policies. And yes, that involves helping with transport. Uh, It involves suing on catch and release, which we have done. It's involved making sure that contractors are held accountable if they're facilitating this into our state. And we have a statewide grand jury that's looking at different types of practices that may be going on in the state that's exacerbating the problem. And so uh, the end of the day, this is a massive policy failure by the president. This is a massive and intentional policy uh, that is causing huge amount of damage all across the country. And it's all rooted in a failure to take care that the laws are faithfully executed and to fulfill his oath of office. DeSantis says that the media paid more attention to the migrants that were sent to Martha's Vineyard than have ever gone to the southern border. And so instead of scrambling and worrying about a bunch of rich people and having 50, and oh, by the way, they already bust them out. They're gone. They said, they said we want everyone, no one's illegal, and they're gone within 48 hours. Uh, and so why not actually look at what's going on? There were more Acela corporate journalists in Martha's Vineyard today than have ever gone down to the southern border to look what's going on. Why don't you go down there and look what some of those communities have to deal with every day? 
West Virginia's governor has signed a new abortion ban into law. Daybreak Insider's Mike Gracia has more on this story. Republican Governor Jim Justice of West Virginia signed an abortion ban law Friday, making West Virginia the second state to enact such a ban since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the federal constitutional protection in June. I'm proud that I signed it, and I believe wholeheartedly that it does one thing that is absolutely so important. It does protect life. The West Virginia ban has limited exceptions for medical emergencies and for rape and incest victims until eight weeks of pregnancy for adults and 14 weeks for children. More than a dozen states now have abortion bans. Most were approved before the Supreme Court ruling and crafted to take effect if Roe v. Wade was overturned. I'm Mike Gracia. According to a new survey, Florida is a high achiever in rankings of educational freedom throughout the country. Jason Bedrick, a senior fellow with the Heritage Foundation, noted the high degree of transparency enables parents to hold schools accountable directly instead of trying to ensure quality through top-down regulation and red tape. Florida relies on bottom-up accountability, which is why it ranks second in the nation for regulatory freedom. Speaking with the Salem Radio Network, Bedrick says Florida has risen to 17th nationwide in its combined 4th grade and 8th grade math and reading scores. Florida, for the last two decades, has been one of the fastest improving states. Uh, And to a great extent, it appears that that's because of its robust education choice environment. Bedrick goes on to say that with so many private and charter schools throughout Florida, public schools can no longer be complacent. It means that the traditional public schools now have to uh, focus more and work even harder uh, to improve their performance in order to persuade parents to choose to keep their children there. Bedrick says that parents have the ability to choose the schools that work best for their children. Are there charter schools available? Are there private options, especially K-12 education savings accounts that allow students uh, to get access to not only private schools, but also tutoring, textbooks, homeschool curriculum, online learning, Uh, And, of course, Florida excels in all of these. Last week, all three major U.S. stock indexes slid to levels not touched since mid-July, with the S&P 500 closing below 3,900. Some experts believe that the markets were reacting to inflation concerns, amid reports of a looming interest rate hike this week. Kathleen Hayes of Bloomberg News says that inflation is still high and the Fed is trying to balance that against fears of a recession. It's also still a very large rate hike. Granted, it'll be the third one they've done in a row if they do it. But uh, 50 basis points now seems like something that's in the rearview mirror, at least for now. Inflation is high. It hasn't broken. The Fed has made it very clear from federal bank presidents to governors that they're very concerned about the inflation rate. So 50 basis points just doesn't even seem like the debate is 75 and 50, isn't it? And the totality of the data, that's Jay Powell's words. When you look at the strength of the economy, it still has it. Labor market, for example, 
the hotness of inflation, that would argue for at least 75. I think that's the way to say it. But the reason why the, the 75 camp thinks that it isn't, it is the reason, not only the a reason to do it, it's why they should do it. Because look, if you do anything bigger, you're going to get people all worried about recession. They're going to start talking about rate cuts next year. Financial conditions will ease. Bond yields will rise again. It's going against the grain of what you need to do. Hayes says that many economic experts are arguing for the Fed to raise rates by a full percentage point. So stick with 75, you're going to bring inflation down. Now, if you look at the the arguments people are making for 100, I would say at the top of the list is you've got to restore your credibility. Look, inflation wasn't transitory. Now it's terrible. So this will help people realize that you are serious about this fight. You're not going to pivot too soon. uh, And you need to get ahead of inflation. Stamp on it hard while the economy still has the strength not to be completely stamped out. Maybe you then could open the door to smaller November rate hike, that 50 basis point hike, because you start to get under control. You might impress the public that you're really uh, so much that you're cutting inflation expectations. And a lot of people would say gradualism just ain't cutting it, you guys. The inflation rate is still way too high. You can't move there yet. And Hayes goes on to say that Chairman Jerome Powell hasn't taken raising rates by a full point off the table. And Jay Powell opened the door to a 100 basis point hike in July. He was asked a question right after he'd done a 75 basis point hike. And when he was asked about doing something bigger, like 100, here's what he said. He noted that, uh, I'd say we wouldn't hesitate to make an even larger move than we did today if the committee were to conclude that that was appropriate. Do they think it's appropriate now? We aren't sure. And all the Fed speaking going up to it has been, again, left the door open to the latest data. The latest data have been hot. They've been strong on inflation, that is. They've been strong on the labor market. So one more thing to look at, though, is the fact that uh, people are going to be very interested in the dots. The revised, it's every three months, they revise their forecast for what, where they think interest rates were going to go. Big Wall Street firms have been raising their terminal rate. Goldman just raised theirs from about 375 at the end of the year to four to four and a quarter. That's the kind of thing that jo- the dots can confirm. A Fed decision on interest rates is due this week. We'll also be getting updates on the housing market. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason takes a look ahead for the economic news to be aware of this week. This week's economic calendar includes Monday's release of the National Association of Home Builders, Home Builders Index. That will be followed Tuesday with reports on building permits and housing starts. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell holds a news conference at midweek. Wednesday will also bring a report on existing home sales. The index of leading indicators comes out Thursday, while reports on manufacturing and the services industries round out the week Friday. Rich Thomason reporting. A Palestinian farmer finds something unexpected on his land. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens has more on this story. The farmer in the Gaza Strip discovered a rare mosaic while planting an olive tree last spring and quietly excavated it over several months with his son. Experts say the discovery of the mosaic, which includes 17 well-preserved images of animals and birds, is one of Gaza's greatest archaeological treasures. The mosaic was discovered about a half a mile from the Israeli border. Tasha Stevens reporting. And finally... Kellogg's is introducing a new way to eat cereal for families on the go with an innovation that may shorten preparation time. Instabowls are small tubs of cereal that consumers can just add cold water to 
to get milk instantly with their cereal. If you start your morning with a bowl of cereal, but you are out of milk, no problem. Kellogg's is introducing its new Instabowl, little tubs of cereal with milk powder. And you add water and stir it up. The milk rehydrates, creates instant milk and cereal. There's four kinds. These are all Dave's favorites. Frosted Flakes, (laughs) Raisin Bran Crunch, Fruit Loops, and Apple Jacks. I mean, those sugary cereals. It's like you don't even need the milk because there's so much sugar that's getting injected into your body. The company said each bowl is pre-portioned. Cereal lovers would just have to add cold water to the fill line and stir to get the milk. Right now, the Instabowls are available at Walmart for a suggested retail price of $1.98. The company plans to roll the product out at additional retailers nationwide. This social media influencer tried the new product on camera and says she was surprised. Okay. Please try. Oh, good. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Yes. This is going to be my new on the go snack. I swear to you, this is good. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.